It is a glorious night, and we are so glad that you're here as a part of this gathering. Uh, there are still a few people coming in. If you can squeeze in in your row, if there's any space, or if you have some seats near you, maybe raise your hand so we can uh, help people. Uh, we got a few down here, and some, of course, you know, we got the expensive seats down front. Uh, get those. We are so happy that uh, you're a part of this gathering tonight. And we especially welcome those of you who uh, may be here uh, for the first time or back again to visiting family and friends. It's always an exciting time to come together on this Christmas Eve. A little bit later in the service, we're going to take an offering. And has been our practice for many years. uh, The offering goes to to assist other ministries of of, uh, the kingdom. And uh, so half of the offering will be given for scholarships for the Valley Preschool. And the other half will be going to Haiti to help with the hurricane relief effort there that is going on through the the Wesleyan Church. Please pray with me. Father, during this uh, gathering, as we read the scriptures, as we sing the carols that proclaim Christ's coming, we pray that you will make this an extraordinary time once again for us to experience the wonder and the mystery of Christ's birth and his entrance into our world and into our lives. Amen. This is the night of nights. The waiting is done. The yearning is fulfilled. We are no longer identified by despair, sorrow, chaos, or hate. The long-awaited one has come, and his coming brings hope, joy, peace, and love. Who would have guessed that this child about whom so much had been promised is exactly what we want, even more what we need. On this Christmas Eve, we light this candle, declaring with God's people through ages that our hope, our trust, is in God who has sent his Son. Heavenly Father, in this night of nights, we thank you for the gift of your Son, the light of the world. We are grateful for the promise that he will one day return. In the meantime, you've left us here to bear that light in this fallen world. Give us strength to do that, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand and join us as we sing together.
may be seated. reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and with righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. Smile. 
Luke 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a town of Galilee to a, vir- to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descent of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will, get, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand as we sing together.
You may be seated. The angel appears to Joseph, Matthew 8, 1, 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. your baby boy will one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hands. Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. The blind will see the death Lord of all creation, Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb, the 
sleeping child you're holding is the grave I Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. St. Luke tells of the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand and join us as we sing.
You may be seated. This time I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward and assist us in the giving of our uh, offerings tonight. As Wes mentioned earlier, our offering this evening is going to be going to two different places, Valley Preschool, ministry here at the church, and also to Haiti Relief through Global Partners. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your many, many blessings to us. And especially tonight, we think of the gift of Jesus, that most significant, most awesome gift, Father, and we're so grateful. We ask now that you would give us the courage to give back joyfully and generously. We ask for your blessing on all that is given. May you use it to fulfill and finish your work in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I invite the children to come up and join me on the platform for a story. Just, you'll face me here, okay? Hey, come on up. Hi. Hi. Okay, you'll turn around. You'll come on back there. Can you scoot on back just a little more? Just keep going a little further. Can you guys scoot this way just a little bit more? on up. Okay, can a few more come on up if you scoot just a little bit further that way? <laughs> and then if you'll just turn so you can face me. we doing? Our idea was that this would be safer than having the children close to the candles in the aisles. So we will see if we can get everyone up here. Can you find a place, Silas? Just come on in. Come on in. There you go. Is that about everyone up? Okay. I can take her. Okay. <laughs> well, it is great to have each of you here with us tonight. And I would like to share with you one of my favorite Christmas stories, The Day the Chimes Rang. Once, long ago, there was a magnificent church high up on a hill. When it was lighted up for a special holiday or occasion, they said that you could see it for miles around. And yet, there was something even more wonderful about this church than its beauty. It was the strange and wonderful legend of the bells. At one corner of the church was a high tower, and up in that tower were some of the most beautiful bells in the world, so people said. But the fact was that no one had heard them ring in many, many years, not even on Christmas. For it was the custom on Christmas that every person would bring their offering for the Christ child and lay it on the altar. And there had been a time when there was a very special offering 
that would cause the bells to start ringing. Some said that the wind caused them to ring, while others said the angels started them swinging. But lately, no offering had been great enough to start the bells ringing. Now, a few miles from the city lived a boy named Pedro and his little brother. They didn't know about the legend of the bells, but they had heard about the beautiful celebration on Christmas Day and decided that this would be the year they would go. So early on Christmas morning, when it was bitterly cold and there was a hard white crust on the ground, Pedro and little brother started for the great church. They were close to the city gates when suddenly Pedro saw a dark figure in the snow near the path where they were walking. As he got closer, he realized that it was an older woman who had fallen and was lying in the snow and couldn't get up to get help. So he stopped, he tried to rouse her, but was unable to. Should we find mommy? Okay, here we go. Okay. Can we move it over? So Pedro, unable to rouse the woman, said to little brother, you go on to the church service, and I'm going to stay here to help her. I don't want her to freeze to death before everyone gets out of church. Little brother cried out, oh no, Pedro, I can't go without you. Pedro said, little brother, you must go. Because if I leave her alone, she might freeze, and she needs someone to be here with her. And I have a roll in my pocket that I can give her to eat to help her. You go on to the service, and once it's over, you find someone who can come and help her. Little brother, as you go, you must see and hear everything twice. Once for you, and once for for me. In that way, he hurried little brother off to the church service as he blinked back tears of disappointment because he couldn't go. But then he stopped little brother and said, wait, I have a coin here as my offering for the Christ child. Please take it and when no one's looking, place it on the altar. I want the Christ child to know how much I wish I could be there to worship him on Christmas Day. Little brother made it to the church just as the first hymn was being sung. As the organ played and the thousands of people sang, the walls shook with the great sound of the music. At the end of the service, the procession began. As people started to bring their gifts for the Christ child up to the altar, some brought beautiful jewels, others baskets filled with gold. A famous author who had been working on a book for many years brought that and laid that on the altar. Finally came the king of the country. As he neared the altar, he took off the crown from his head that was filled with precious stones. As he laid it on the altar, a murmur went through this church, people saying, Surely now we shall hear the sound of the chimes ringing. But only the cold wind was heard high up in the tower. As the final hymn began, the organ was playing, the people were singing, when suddenly the organ stopped, the singing stopped. The people listened very carefully as they began to hear the 
chimes beginning to ring some of the most beautiful bells they had ever heard. All at once, everyone jumped up out of their seats looking to see what could have caused the bells to start ringing. All they saw was the childish figure of little brother who had taken Pedro's little coin and laid it on the altar. Please pray with me. Dear God, we thank you for how much you love each of us. We thank you for the great gift that you gave us in your son Jesus. As we celebrate the birth of Jesus today and tomorrow, may we give you ourselves and our love in return. This we pray in your name. Amen. Okay, you may return to your seats. Please stand and join us as we continue in worship together.
Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's Glowing hearts by 
Please be seated. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been watching these Advent candles, and um, I've been struck by a couple of things. One is, every year, we think we're purchasing dripless candles. <laughs> every year, it says it on the package, and they aren't. I mean, if you came up here, you see a whole lot of wax, not only on the sides of the candles, but in the greenery. It's just all over the place. I'm not sure what we can do about that, but we keep trying. But the other thing that strikes me about this is that you can tell which candles were lit which Sundays in Advent. They all have a different, they all are different heights, and that's intentional. Because if they all were the same, you wouldn't have a sense of the time and the waiting over the course of the four Sundays in Advent. And really, these candles. They speak to us about waiting. As we began, Ad, began Advent four weeks ago, we began this journey of waiting for Christmas. And now we are on the brink of it. But we, we spend so much of our lives doing what we do in Advent, waiting. We hate waiting, right? I mean, waiting is usually, we're either one of two mindsets about waiting. Either we're waiting for something that we think is going to be bad to happen and we are anxious and worried about it, or we're waiting for something that we can't wait to happen and we're anxious and worried about how long it's going to take before it happens. And I find that for myself, maybe this is true of you, that I I waste a lot of time in my waiting. I rarely take advantage of the opportunity to wait. But when we read the gospel, when we think about Advent, when we think about how it leads us to Christmas, it, it really is an opportunity for us to take advantage of waiting. It's a gift of God. Because during the waiting, we have time to, to stretch our faith. We have time to trust. I mean, every week when we light these candles, we do so believing that Christmas is going to come. We do it every year. And we live our lives in such a way that we believe Christ not only has come, but he's coming. And we live between the now and the not yet, and that's a lot of waiting. But it's an opportunity for us in the waiting to nourish our faith, to trust in Christ, to draw closer to him, and to let the light that those candles symbolize fill us. But the waiting is not just an opportunity for us to to have our lives filled with light, to, to enrich and enhance our faith. It's also an opportunity to be agents of God's light in the world. We have the privilege during the between the now and the not yet to be so full of the light that it shines out to others so that they can experience all that Jesus comes to do and to be. That Jesus in our lives is hope and joy and peace and grace and love. And, and he's given us the great privilege of being so filled with his light that we bring that hope and joy and love and peace and grace to our world of so much darkness. We light these candles because we believe. And we light these candles because we want other people to believe. We want other people to see and to experience Christ in their lives. And so Christmas is not just about what Christ has done for us. It's about what Christ has done for the world. Tonight, as we have gone through this service, the light from the Christ candle has been carried to the lights here in the aisle. And it's helpful, but it's obvious that it's not enough light.
We need a lot more light. And so that's what we're going to do to symbolize in these next few moments. We're going to not just take the light ourselves, but we're going to see how this place gets transformed when all of us are shining the light. And that's the privilege and the calling of the gospel on each one of us. So as we sing Silent Night, those of you who are on the inside aisles, who carefully probably are going to need to lift the globes, light your candles off of those aisle candles and pass the light down the row. The ushers will take light to the balcony. And as we do so, as we sing, as we share our light, we watch this place be enveloped in light and to see Christ in us and through us. stand with me for prayer. Holy Father, may the light of your Son shine in us, that we may lead others to the light and to the life of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And celebrating the coming of Jesus, may we proclaim with our words and our lives, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Amen. After the benediction, extinguish your candles. We'll turn the lights back up and you can deposit them in the baskets as you leave. And now may he who is the light of the world, the almighty God in human flesh, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, fill your life with joy, peace, love and hope. And may you go from this place with the light of his life shining in you, through you. Amen. Merry Christmas.